So we are in a series called Church for Dummies. Tell your neighbor, don't be a dummy. Tell your other neighbor, don't be a dummy. Do a selfie real quick and say, don't be a dummy. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, I'm having so much fun with this series because it is practical. We are going through the book of Acts, and the idea behind this is that I have seen in just my limited experience of pastoring and being a Christian um, uh, and helping others follow Jesus, that so many of us try to follow God without some key parts in our lives. And so we've been moving through this. So dummies try to follow God without people. If you try to live this faith journey all by yourself, you might make it, but it will be miserable. And you will, you will take some extra hits, and you will stay down longer than you need to. Your battles, you will feel more isolated than you need to. You will, it'll just be more of an, uh, it'll be more grueling. And, and not to say that trials don't come, but when you are walking in community with other people, then there's an extra layer. And I've, I've, I've shared this before that sometimes, especially when like a, something affects a whole family, well, that's usually your bubble that you count on, right? So... Well, what happens if, if the married couple are going through the same problem? You run out of gas just trying to stay up yourself, let alone supporting the other person. And then what if something affects a whole family, uh, like a, a, a loss of, a, of, of somebody in the family? Well, then they're all hurting. That church, the church, is that next layer. And, and so I have leaned on that my entire life, and it's wonderful. Dummies try to follow God without people in your life without community. Uh, next was purpose. Andrew preached on this. They're, they're uh, celebrating their 10-year wedding anniversary. They're uh, chilling out over in Pennsylvania, so bless them. And uh, we just love uh, the Legeskis and, and all that they bring to this church. But Andrew talked about purpose and that if you just try to follow God and keep doing your own thing, you are going to bang your head. And, and, it's, uh, and not because you're listening to good music. Like, it's going to be frustrating. Um, and, uh, and, and you're, you're going to wonder why you're doing what you're doing and, and what's going on. Uh, the third week, we talked about power. Uh, on Pentecost Sunday, where we celebrate the birth of the church and the indwelling of the Holy Spirit in each of us and the power that's available from heaven, dummies try to follow God without power. If you try to fulfill the purpose God has for your life without the resources of heaven, you be a dummy. And it is a frustrating endeavor um, and, and difficult enough with, with, with the power and, and crazy to try to do it without. Last week, I had so much fun preaching on praise. And, and so often, we think of praise as just standing here singing which is so much fun, and I love it. And we've got this great rotation, this amazing group of people. Um, for a church our size, we've got like 20 people that rotate on that stage. It's, that's amazing. It's, it's an unheard of percentage that I'm, I'm aware of. And, uh, and so that means if our church grows, like we're going to have to rotate like 50 people up there, just bonkers. But uh, uh, that's, praise is more than that. Praise is any time. Praise is when I tell you that I had a good meal at a restaurant. And I say, you got to try this place because they have good whatever right? I am praising that restaurant. Um, if I tell uh, somebody that they've done a good job, if, if I thank somebody in my house for, for helping Danielle clean the house, which happens almost never, but if I praise my son for doing something good, then I am saying the good that he has done. And, and our lives need to be full of praise for what God is doing. It reminds us of what he's done. God loves to receive praise. And oh, by the way, the people in your life are listening and watching. And when you give praise, people are paying attention. 
And just as somebody will try a restaurant you tried, they sure will pay attention when you're giving God all the glory for what's happening in your life. So dummies try to follow God without people, purpose, power, and praise. Today, extra innings. We're going to go at least this week and next week because this is so much fun. And uh, dummies try to follow God without... You know it has to be a P because I'm a good preacher. Everything has to have the same first letter. Persecution. Boo! Boo, Pastor Adam. You had me at praise. Praise sounded real good. I was a bit of a stretch. Persecution? Isn't that something we pray against? I do. God, I don't want to be persecuted. I'd really rather not be persecuted. Uh, we're going to talk about a person today whose name is Stephen. And Stephen is famous for being the first, somebody said it, martyr. Martyr is not just when somebody's acting dramatic. Some, this, this, the term comes from somebody actually dying for something that they believed in. And Stephen is on record as being the first person to die for being a Christian. Let's go to the story. Uh, we're going to go to Acts chapter 6. I know you all are wishing you were at Cracker Barrel right now because this just doesn't sound like a comfortable message. You'd be right, but the doors are locked. Uh, no, I can't. It's a fire code, but I would. Uh, Acts chapter 6. I'm going to start with verses 8 through 15. I'll give you a second because I'm still looking. Acts Chapter 6, verse 8, here we go. Stephen, a man full of God's grace and power, sounds familiar, performed amazing miracles and signs among the people. But one day, some men from the synagogue, uh, synagogue of freed slaves, as it was called, started to debate with him. They were Jews from Cyrene, Alexandria, Cilicia, and the province of Asia. None of them could stand against the wisdom and the spirit with which Stephen spoke. So they persuaded some men to lie about Stephen, saying, we heard him blaspheme Moses and even God. This roused the people, the elders and the teachers of religious law, so they arrested Stephen and brought him before the high council. The lying witnesses said, this man is always speaking against the holy temple and against the law of Moses. We have heard him say that this Jesus of Nazareth will destroy the temple and change the customs Moses handed down to us. At this point, everyone in the high council stared at Stephen because his face became as bright as an angel's. Whoa. Okay. Stephen has been accused. He's, he's getting into arguments here at the synagogue. And that they have no real fault against him. So it says that they have forced these guys to lie about Stephen and say, this man is blaspheming God. Is Stephen blaspheming God? No. That he's blaspheming the Holy Temple? Still no. And blaspheming Moses? Still no. So false accusations because they're disagreeing with some of these other things that he's saying about Jesus. Stephen go, the story goes on through the rest of, uh, through a bunch of chapter. Uh, seven, so verses like 50 verses, we can't do that. What those 50 verses are, are pretty cool. So if you take the time to read Acts chapter 7, 1 through 50, you will get the history of the Jewish people in 50 verses. Because they just called Stephen out that says, you are not a good Jew. 
And Stephen said, <clears throat> Let's, let me tell you a story. And he proceeds to unfold their history up to that moment with excruciating detail. It is a wonderful little just reminder and refresher of what they'd been through as a people. And then he goes into these words beginning in Acts 7, verse 51. If you want to go there with me. I'm going to read you a little bit more. These stories are powerful. He says, you stubborn people. Hello. You are heathen at heart and deaf to the truth. Must you forever resist the Holy Spirit? That's what your ancestors did, and so do you. Name one prophet your ancestors didn't persecute. They even killed the ones who predicted the coming of the righteous one, the Messiah, whom you betrayed and murdered. You deliberately disobeyed God's laws, even though you received it from the hands of angels. Stephen goes from the history lesson to calling them out. And I'm going to read you a little bit further. The Jewish leaders, verse 54, were infuriated by Stephen's accusations, so he flipped the tables on them, and they shook their fists at him in rage. But Stephen, full of the Holy Spirit, gazed steadily into heaven and saw the glory of God, and he saw Jesus standing in the place of honor at God's right hand. And he told them, look, I see the heavens opened and the Son of Man standing in the place of honor at God's right hand. Then they put their hands over their ears and began shouting. They rushed at him and dragged him out of the city and began to stone him. His accusers took off their coats and laid them at the feet of a young man named Saul. As they stoned him, Stephen prayed, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. He fell to his knees shouting, Lord, don't charge them with this sin. Sounds familiar? And with that, he died. Saul was one of the witnesses, and he agreed completely with the killing of Stephen. One last sentence. A great wave of persecution began that day, sweeping over the church in Jerusalem. And all the believers except the apostles were scattered throughout the region. Whoa. Stephen was likely going to just be beaten. And he flips the tables on them at the one point. He goes through this elaborate set of history that basically said, oh, don't question don't question my faith. I'm actually pretty solid on it, and I know it pretty well. But here's this next level that God has promised, and you've persecuted every person who's brought this to you. And then he flips it on them, it enrages them, and they stone him. And oh, by the way, what name is thrown in there at the end? but Saul, who we met last week. So this is where we are introduced to Saul, who would become Paul. And so he is party to the first execution of a Christian. And that leads Saul on his rampage to go. He was persecuting Christians before Jesus called him. That's our story of last week. Dummies try to follow God without persecution. If you are living for Jesus you will experience persecution. Well, that's a bummer. Let me say that again. If you are following Jesus, if you're living for Him, you will experience some degree of persecution. How could persecution be a blessing? We don't we even pray against this. Listen to Matthew 5, verses 10 and 11. 
I have prayed similar prayers to this, like, Lord, keep us from, even it sounds like in the psalm, like we're, we shouldn't just be gluttons for punishment. Like, I think it's fair to say, Lord, protect us. Lord, keep us from harm. But some things are just going to come our way. It says in Matthew 5, 10, 11, God blesses those who are persecuted for doing right, for the kingdom of heaven is theirs. God blesses you when people mock you and persecute you and lie about you and say all sorts of evil things against you because you are my followers. And we just saw it's played out in Stephen's, at the end of his life, where he takes a stand for Jesus. Here's the big question that we're going to wrestle with this morning. Is Jesus visible in your life? Is He visible in your life? Because there was something in the way Stephen was presenting himself that started all of the drama against him. There was some way that he was presenting the truth of the Gospel that caused people to rise up against him and to, and to call him out. Is there enough of Jesus visible in you that somebody is going to notice and maybe some even be bothered? That's a great question for us. Because in our politically correct society, we're, we're all allowed to have our own truths. We just can't be obnoxious about it. And we'll talk more about that here in a little bit. But So we're, we're able to have this inner thing, but we're told that it can't be an outer thing. Right? And so... We buy into that, and sometimes we just get busy. Sometimes we're timid. Sometimes we don't know we're supposed to do it, which is why we're teaching on this today, because we are crazy to try to live this life of faith without persecution. So here's a, listen to Matthew 4, 5, 14, and 15. Um, a little bit further on, it says, You, I love these verses, you are the light of the world, like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see so that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. Are you seeing the theme that keeps moving in through all these weeks? It all goes together. I think it was Bruce talking about in his garage. I, I've, who, likes, who likes LED light bulbs? Like, I think they're like one of the coolest inventions of my lifetime. Like, it is, I'm a nerd. I like hardware stuff. I like working on things. It is a game changer when it comes to just lighting. I just think it's the coolest thing. If you look at an LED, like the inner workings of an LED light, you will see these little tiny squares. And each one of those is the light. So I think it was Bruce was telling me, was it you that had the sun bulb in your, in your garage? So I've replaced lights like everywhere I can with LED lights. So Bruce was telling me that he bought this product called the Sun Bulb, or it's just called the Sun. And it's literally this giant like bulb coated with a gazillion of those LEDs, and you plug it in one socket, and he said, baby, light up your world. That, that is, it is on. The sun is shining in his garage. But think about it. What has God called you and I to be? I'm just one little... I'm just one little guy on this, on this planet, right? I'm just, I'm just my little speck. And so are you, and so are you. We're, we're not called to be the sun. That's Jesus. But, but we individually represent and reflect this light, and the brighter you and I are together, we're going to shine up some, we're going to light up the way for some people. There, that should be what happens in our lives. 
there should be something coming from me um, that, that is illuminating truth to the people in my life. And I can't take the credit for it. I am simply releasing what God is doing and what he has done in my life, right? And so I see myself in this illustration as just one of those pieces of the light. And, and that it's my job to be on for him. I want to go through these points this morning. Number one, praise will lead to persecution. We talked last week about praise. Well, if you're singing, it might just be because you can't really sing that well, and you might get some persecution, you know, at home. Like, could, you might want to tone it down a little bit, or, or uh, do you need your ears checked? Or No, we're not talking about people messing with you because of your voice, and, and, uh, and I think this is, the Bible says make a joyful noise, and so let it rip. And uh, you, should, you should be full volume no matter how gifted you are musically. We might not let you have a microphone, um, but, but we want you to let it fly out here. That is, that is just fantastic, and God loves it. But we're talking about praise in general. Like we said last week, where you are, um, you are sharing the good things that God has done and the truths that have been revealed to you. That is your story. Stephen was doing that, and it led to persecution. So the first point is praise will lead to persecution. Stephen could have stopped at verse 50 and probably saved his life. Stephen could have stopped at verse 50 and saved his life. Up through verse 50 in chapter 7, he is simply making it very clear that he is very much a good Jew and that he is in no way dishonoring or blaspheming the Lord, the temple, or Moses. And he lights him up. If he would have stopped there, he had a mic drop moment, and they'd have said, you're good. But then he says, you stiff-necked people. You've persecuted every other prophet, and you're going to keep going, and you killed the one that came to you. He just lets him have it. And then they're enraged. He stops there. He, if he would have stopped there. And so this is, where the, this is where the tension point is for us because I have seen Christians that are just obnoxious. Did I say that out loud? Let me say it again. I have met and known and been around or just experienced on the streets obnoxious Christians. And I think they mean well. They really do. But you can mean, you can have a lot of great intentions and just be a terrible person. Is this being recorded? Good. Um, <laughs> tell them how I really feel. I don't believe we're supposed to look for fights. I don't believe we're supposed to be picking them. I really don't. Um, I, I think that, that we should be living, essentially minding our own business, but that our lives should be glorifying the name of the Lord. And then when people engage us or see it, then, then there's this opportunity. And we should not ignore uh, opportunities, and we shouldn't be silent to, to uh, tragic things or, or immoral things. I believe there's, there's a, a godly way to be a voice of truth and a voice of, of, uh, of, of what he prefers for people. But this is where point number two. So one was praise will lead to persecution. Number two, the Holy Spirit will and should lead your response. We need to be in tune with what he wants us to do. 
And, and he will say, listen to these words in, in Luke 12, 11, and 12. And when you are brought to trial, does that say if? Huh. And when, so that backs up the first point, you will, you will face some persecution for being a believer. When you are brought to trial in the synagogues and before rulers and authorities, don't worry about how to defend yourself or what to say, for the Holy Spirit will teach you at that time what needs to be said. And what does it say about Stephen at the beginning of the story? It says that he was full of power and the Holy Spirit. I believe not only did the Holy Spirit remind him and help him with the accurate history lesson, I believe that was spirit, like there was spiritual power that was driving that. He probably knew it. They were, most of these guys were well trained in their history, but to just recall example after example and that precise. But then I believe when that moment hits where it changes from the history lesson to the offensive, that he was being led by the Holy Spirit. And through that wording, it says, you've rejected the word before, you're rejecting it in Jesus, and you're rejecting it in me today. And then it says that he stood there and it said they just stared at him because his face lit up. The last time we saw that in the Bible, remember when I taught about Moses and it said he spent time in the Holy of Holies with God and, and he came out and had to wear a cover because he turned into a glow worm? Like he'd been like, Homer Simpson working at the nuclear reactor, like he was lit up. I'll keep the references coming. I'll keep as much as you connected to me as possible. His face was lit up. He was full of the Holy Spirit. This response, this you stiff-necked people was not just Stephen being a jerk. This was Stephen replying under the direction of the Holy Spirit. Point number two is the Holy Spirit will lead your response. We need instructions from heaven to when to engage and how to engage with people. I've gone to Bible college and, and it's still the Lord will quicken things to my mind that I'm not sure that I ever remembered because I'm really not that good of a student. Like I, He's brought things to my mind that I don't think we're in my data files, right? Like, I've, I've seen this happen. Like, God has used and, and put things and, and, and given me things to talk about and directions to go in conversation that are not natural to me. I've, I've had this happen. And just even if to engage, there's a lot of opportunities out there. And I don't believe we're just supposed to, oh, do you want to know what God says about that? I don't think you should be that guy. I think you want to be invited to the cafeteria table at work. Like, I don't think you want to be that, that person. But when the Holy Spirit says, time to speak up, then it's time to go. Oh, this is what, oh, God, thank you. And I'm going to go this direction. And especially if you're talking with somebody, you do not know the hurts in their lives that have caused them to build up the walls that they have against God. And so you don't know if it's from a tragedy where God didn't heal somebody that they, that they wanted to be healed. They might have trusted God before and felt like God didn't answer their... Or they could have been just bad teaching from something else or, or, or how they were raised. You don't know where, you don't know where somebody's coming from. And, and that's where a relationship is super important. But God will give you insight of when you're talking with different people. This is the direction to go with this person. 
This, and and it's, it's an amazing, an amazing thing. Point number one, praise will lead to persecution. Number two, the Holy Spirit will lead your response. And we talked about it a little bit already. Uh, point number three is persecuted only for Jesus. I've used this illustration before. Jerk is not an ethnicity. Like you can't just say, this is who I am, deal with it. And lots of people are doing that these days. It's a lot of fun. You might not, people might not like you just because you're not nice. Don't elbow anybody near you, please. Let the Holy Spirit do his job. You might not be invited out to lunch because they know you're a gossip or, or they know you're just going to complain about your problems. Or there, there could be a thousand other things besides Jesus that could be keeping people from wanting to be around you. Right? I know that hurts, but you got to look at that. And that's where you ask the people that are close to you that will give you honest answers and say, am I, am, what am I doing wrong here? I'm trying to live for God or I'm trying to engage or I'm trying to build relationships. Matthew 10, 16 says this. It says, whoever listens to you listens to me, and whoever rejects you rejects me. And whoever rejects me rejects the one who sent me. So we want to ask this other question. Are people persecuting you or Jesus in you? Because if you're just obnoxious about your faith, oh, Pastor Adam was just talking about that, and, and he's pretty sure that you're going to go to hell. You know, well, That's a great lead-in. Don't expect to be offered into the carpool you know, the next week. Like they're, they're going to let you ride the bus. They're not going to save a seat for you. They're going to talk about you. Uh, it, it, this is... These are the things that you're, you're kind of asking for in your presentation. And I've seen this, and this is what I, this is what I struggle with because I, we're going to go to heaven with so many different types of Christians that, that serve God in, in different ways. And, but, but when I'm down at something like Red, White, and Boom, and I, and I see the doom and gloom preachers out there yelling at people and, and calling, you know, calling people out for the sins of the day, and I just think, these people all walking by are going to be talking negatively about Christians because of you. You know, and, and, and at the same time, I've, I've tried to engage in conversation a couple of times with those people. It ain't going to work because they don't even think I'm a good Christian because I'm not willing to get out there and yell with them and other people. So they don't even like me. So there's nothing to say. And so I just say, God, use them in some way. And, and then, Lord, help these people come in contact with somebody who will share their faith in a meaningful and positive way. But that puts some pressure back on us that says, well, if that's the loudest voice they're hearing about Christianity, is it shame on them or shame on us? I think we can crank the volume up, right? I think people can see how we live, and, and that way they can measure that. It, does God want to, uh, is, is sin still sin? You bet. Are, are things that are damaging people uh, still damaging people and still going to in the future? Absolutely. Truth is truth. It doesn't change no matter what our culture wants to say differently about it. 
but we can crank up the volume and provide God's truth in, in, a, in, a, in, a, in the context of love. So Christianity is not a license to be mean to people, and, and Christians have gotten this wrong. You can look at the Crusades for this. Okay, we're going to force everybody to be a Christian. Be a Christian or die. Fantastic. There's a church growth plan. But that's what we did as the church. I mean, it's part of our church history collectively, capital C. We've got to take the ugly cousins along with the ones we like. This is all part of who we are. I'm on a roll. Make sure you're only being persecuted for Jesus. That's what the point of this one is. Persecuted only for Jesus. I don't want to be in the way. I want to be his mouthpiece, but I don't want to be such a big mouth that, that I'm, I'm driving people away. It, it, it's only going to matter if I can speak in love and I speak the words that he wants me to say. That's why we've got to go back to being Holy Spirit driven. And so, which leads us to our fourth. So, so let's run back through these again. Praise, living for God publicly, will lead to some form of persecution. And we'll go through some examples of what that looks like here soon. I want to be practical. with That's part of this church for dummies. This is practical. What it should look like, feel like to be a part of the church. Praise will lead to persecution. The Holy Spirit will and should lead your response. Three, we want to make sure that we're persecuted only for Jesus, which for that to be the case, number four is our affirmation has to be in Christ and Christ alone. That's a big one. Like we could do a series on that. Our affirmation has to be in Christ and in Christ alone. We've been talking about Peter. The two main characters in the book of Acts, well, the main is the Holy Spirit, but you see the stories of Peter and then you see the stories of Paul with an assortment of, of, uh, of contributing cast members. I mean, those are the two main guys. Well, we know that part of Peter's story is what? Denying Jesus three times on the day of the crucifixion, right? Why did he deny Jesus? Did he, he was afraid. He was more concerned about the people around him than for his relationship, which he had a good one, by the way, with Jesus. And so, where we get into trouble as people is that we keep a, a good amount of our affirmation needs locked into the people around us. And if you're concerned primarily with what people think about you, then you will hold back your praise. Right? If you are concerned primarily with what other people think, you will restrict your praise in your life. You just will. You'll restrict it here in church because I don't know if I should put my hands up. I don't know. Well, this is the place. Let it, let it rip. Do backflip if you want to. I don't care. Go sit in the corner and cry. I don't, do what you got to do if you want to worship here. <laughs> don't cry. I'll feel bad. But you're free to worship here. But so often we're like, ah, there's, there's people. And so much of our story, our walk with God, is God just wants to say, look at me. Look at me. Look at me. Your affirmation is here. It's rock solid. We did that whole series on grace. You are mine, baby. I love you. We're going to go the distance. 
Keep your affirmation locked right here because if we keep it out around us, then we will be timid in our praise. We will just say little things like, just God bless you when people sneeze. We got to do more than that. Because everybody, that was funnier than that. That was a dad joke, but it was funnier than that. Late laughs don't count, but I appreciate it. <laughs> what can we do to, to fix that? It, it's that we have to go to the Lord for affirmation. If we limit our affirmation to only coming from our spouse, well, then it's only going to be how good they feel and if they remember to actually affirm us that day. Well, have fun with that because we're all going to let each other down. If you're looking for affirmation from your kids, guess what? They move away. I'm not bitter. If I'm looking for affirmation from my pet, who's a good girl? Who's a good girl? That's why we love dogs because they always think you're awesome. But you can't limit your affirmation into the people and the things around you. We need to lock it in to God and his love for us, his affection and his, his endless, endless grace for us. Peter famously denies Jesus. But then what's so cool about the book of Acts is that Peter doesn't back down ever again. And Andrew shared about that story, about him denying, but then next thing you know, he's preaching and 3,000 people are added. You know, So the, the light went on. Let her rip. Okay, let's talk about Monday. What does this look like? The general consensus, it sounds very generic, but is to live for God. It's to live a life full of praise, one that honors God. So just doing things the right way will stick out. Have you ever been criticized for, for not being willing to cut a corner? Yeah, absolutely. You will see that everywhere in the workplace. You'll see people take things from work. Oh, you just take that. That ain't mine. Uh, or if you overpay for something, you go back to a clerk, I, I, I got to pay for this. Uh, excuse me? Are you an alien? Like, you're going to stick out, right? Just doing the right thing. And, and I've heard of, I saw a mom uh, venting on Facebook the other day that her daughter was getting bullied for being a goody, a goody goody, basically. Like, she wouldn't get into trouble with the other kids. You will have some flack just for living, for living, doing the right thing. So, Big thing is just to live for God, but remember that the context has to be love if you want anybody to listen. So I mean, I want to live for God. That's been a, a purpose and a, and a focus of my life for a long time. But where I've struggled with at different times is that I've realized I, I wasn't always living for Him in the context of love, and I'm wondering why people don't want to hear about my Jesus. Right? What does persecution look like let me talk through these things baby steps persecutions like this avoided has anybody in here been avoided by other people because of your faith are you seeing this okay number two has anybody been mocked because of their faith in this room has anybody been excluded? It kind of goes along with avoided, but like flat out excluded from something because of your faith or because of living right. Absolutely. It's kind of, it goes hand in hand with that, but rejected. Has anybody been rejected? We're seeing a theme here. Has anyone been hated because of their faith? 
I'm seeing a couple hands. Okay, we're getting stronger here. This is still America. We, uh, we, we give some people a lot of freedom to kind of believe their own thing. But if you start living too out loud for your faith, then you'll, you'll start picking up on some of these other ones. Has anybody been verbally attacked because of their faith in Jesus? Absolutely. New Christians, are you excited now? <laughs> Physically attacked. It's probably where the line hasn't been crossed for probably all of us in this room. And then what's beyond physical attack? Stephen. Martyrdom. Wow. You serious? This is what I signed up for? You didn't sign up for that. You signed up for a relationship with the, with the Creator that loves your soul and it's going to lead you into every great thing for your life. And, and people that have not chosen to love God and, 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 and are outside of Him to even the point where they see Him as an enemy, they're going to reject Jesus in you. We read that verse earlier. They're not rejecting you. They're rejecting me. And if they reject me, they're rejecting the one who sent me. So there's kind of a, a one, another side thing for us to look at this. As personal as it may feel, they're rejecting God the Father in you. And it's offensive. Nowadays, what we're into as, a, as, a, as where we're going to start to feel more persecution is because if you just speak God's truth over different sins that are in society and prevalent, now you just by disagreeing or saying that something is sin, those people say that you hate them. That that's the line that's now being crossed. I don't hate anybody. There's no sinner that I hate because I see myself as equally guilty. But if I say that sexual immorality is still a sin, all of it is, by the way, not just the ones that we don't like. But then now I hate those people according to the media and 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 then so now I'm. That, that's persecution because I'm not, I'm not setting myself up against that person, that group of people. And I'd love the opportunity to be friends and to be in relationships so I could live my life of faith and share Jesus with them. There's, there's nobody I don't want to share Jesus with. But, but I'm going to not even be able to have the opportunity sometimes because I'm going to be labeled as a, a hater, right? That, that's this wave that we're facing in this politically correct society. So this is why, by the way, that we need people, purpose, power, and praise. Because if we're going to live lives like this for the King, then it's sure nice to be living with an, a group of other believers that are getting taking some hits along the way with you so that we can build each other up in our faith. This is why we need to remember our purpose, that we're doing this for the glory of God so that others might know the love that God has for their soul and that they might align their lives up with the truth of God so that they can be set free from all this garbage that's holding them back. If I don't remember the purpose, then I'm, gonna just wanna, I'm just going to want to fight back because they're hurting me. And I'm going to forget to love them back, Right? Did you catch that Stephen prayed the exact same prayer that, that Jesus did on the cross? God, don't charge this against them. Basically the same thing as they don't know what they're doing. That's where we got to get to. 
is that it, this is going to be an, that we're going to be okay with this. And I'm like, not like we're looking for it. God, please let me be persecuted today. No. God, please help me, help me share my faith with somebody today, and I'll do it at any cost. That's, a, that's, that's like what we're, that's what we're talking about here. This is why we need people. This is why we need purpose. This is why we need power. Because you need the Holy Spirit to let you know when to engage, what to say, what to do. How did Jesus interact with the woman at the well? He called her out on her sexual immorality. But he was gentle with her. And he, he had a word of knowledge that spoke to her exact sexual history without being mean to her. But nobody else, he didn't, nobody told him that information. So he gets a word of knowledge through the power of the Holy Spirit, which you and I can receive today. He's doing it in the context of love. She responds to truth, goes back to the town and says, come here, the man who told me everything I ever knew, and she's happy about it. Could our interactions with people go like that? People whose lives are full of, full of sin and if we're not careful will just disgust us and cause us to walk on the other side of the street? Or will we respond like Christ and sit next to them and say, I'm here to be your friend. And I know the one that can give you everlasting life. That's where we're called to do. Dummies try to follow God without persecution. And never forget, listen to Matthew 5 again. God blesses those who are persecuted for doing right, for the kingdom of heaven is theirs. God blesses you when people mock you and persecute you and lie about you and say all sorts of evil things against you because you are my followers. Be happy about it. Be very glad for a great reward awaits you in heaven. And remember, the ancient prophets were persecuted in the same way. And this is right when he goes into the verses about you are the salt of the world, you're the light of the world. Count it a joy when you are persecuted for me. Because the prophets who came before you were persecuted in the same way. This is a heavy word this morning. And, um, and this is about becoming the church. And so this is not meant to, to beat you up. Uh, this is meant to challenge us so that we would walk and live as, as God has called us and equipped us to live. Uh, let's pray this morning. With heads bowed, I just want to just want to prompt a few things. The first question we asked is, 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 is God visible in your life? Is your part of the is your part of the light bulb on? If not, are you ready to flip the switch? This is one of those automatic yes prayers from heaven, by the way. Lord, help me to shine brighter. God says, okay. I'll, I'll tell you right now, he's going to say yes. Is that you this morning? God, I've, I've looked for my affirmation in the wrong places. I may not have realized it, but God, I've been holding back. God, I don't want to pick fights. I don't want to just be at a an obnoxious person, God, but I, I want to I follow you and, and engage when you want me to engage. 
Is that you this morning? Are you ready to shine a little brighter? If that's you this morning, would you raise your hand with me? I'm raising my hand this morning. This is, this is, this is time to step up, church. There's a world out there that, that is in desperate need for the light that God has trusted inside of us. Maybe today you've never trusted God before in your life. Or you've walked away from Him and you've, you've just gotten sidetracked with your own things. Maybe you've been disappointed by Him in the past and so you've been away and you've been hurt. Is today your day to cross the line of faith and to trust God to lead your life? I surely don't talk about persecution to scare anybody away, but too often I think we just gloss over these parts of what it means to be a Christian. And just as we talked about the verse on baptism yesterday, if we, if we share in his death, we share in his resurrection, we're, we're supposed to share in all the things that Jesus went through. We're, how, how could we assume that, that, that he would be persecuted and, and that we could follow him and not be? How prideful is that? If you're ready to say yes to Jesus this morning, if that's you this morning, would you raise your hand? I want to pray with you. I know we're largely a group of believers, but I always want to make that available. And finally, I thought it was appropriate that we would take a moment and pray for those that are being persecuted at the highest levels around the earth this morning, physically and even to the point of losing their lives for their faith. Father God, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the freedom that's in you. God, I thank you that your word says that our physical lives, are the, that's, that's the most anybody can do to us. And that we shouldn't, be, we shouldn't be afraid of that because there's so much more on the other side. But God, we do lift up the, the Coptic Christians in, in Egypt, God. We lift up the underground church in China, God. We lift up everyone that would be a believer in, in, uh, in, in other religions, uh, territories, God. Places where churches are, are burned and looted and where pastors are ex executed, God. And, and where people are thrown in jail even around the globe in this 24-hour period, God, some will lose their life and be imprisoned for your sake. God, we pray for their faith. God, we thank you for their lives. God, we thank you that the church will grow and grow and grow in spite of any attempt to shut it down. And God, we consider it a privilege and an honor to call ourselves brothers and sisters with those that would face that level. God, may it inspire us to be a little bolder here in this country where it's becoming a hate crime to speak truth. God, may we never stop living in the context of love so that people will listen and hear your truth. God, may our light shine bright for you. We thank you for who you are. We thank you that you're worth living for, and you are certainly worth dying for. God calls us to be a bold church, full of life, full of love, full of your truth. God, lead us with your Holy Spirit in when to engage and how to engage, what to say, how to say it. Help us to be your voice and your people in this day.
for the people you've called us to. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. As we stand and close in worship, there's people up here that want to pray with you. It might be about today's message. You might have an aunt who's sick and you just want somebody to agree with you in prayer. Whatever's going on inside of you, we want you to come forward and receive prayer today. April, you have something you want to share this morning real quick? Just hold, just hold it soft, guys. I feel the Lord speaking this morning. The Lord says that I have called you out of darkness into glorious light. I've called you to shine for me, to lift up your voice in praise, to lift up my name, and I will draw all people to myself. My Holy Spirit is at work in you. I know you feel me, and I'm using you as a vessel to be my voice, my hands, my feet. I love you, and I will never leave you or forsake you. But there are others I love, and I'm going to show you how to love them. And you will be my mouthpiece, and you will be my heartbeat, and they will know me because they have seen me in you and the reality of my presence. will be upon you and you will shine for my glory we're called to reconcile and he is in each one of us thank you Jesus for your words for the gifts of your Holy Spirit for the humility to use them touch each person here God with the ability, with the power of your Holy Spirit to go forth and just be real and be you. Amen. We receive that word. The Bible says that the Lord speaks through people even today. And uh, I receive that as a word from the Lord today, encouraging us to respond to this word and that the Holy Spirit is with us and will